service, I shed a tear thinking about what the Lord has done for us. The second service, I'm telling you what, choir, I am so proud of our choir here at Westside Baptist Church. What a powerful, wonderful song. I asked my wife if she was going to sing this at Easter, and she informed me that it was not a part of the Easter presentation. And I asked her if it could be. And Brother Gower says we have a lot more good stuff in there as well. So I'm looking forward to our Easter presentation. The reason why I asked that question is because while we were on vacation in Jacksonville, Florida, visiting uh, Janie's mama, we had the opportunity to go to the Holy Land experience in Orlando. And it just happened to be on their annual free day. Whenever I see that word free, it catches my attention. And so we got to go. And it was wonderful. I've already told you about this. And, but in there, they had a wax museum. And in this wax museum, I had never been to a wax museum before. How many of you have ever been to a wax museum? We live a sheltered life. <laughs> I'm sure some of you have been done things that I'm glad I didn't do also, all right? But anyways, uh, you've been there. You know how a wax museum is. I mean, they, they, they look more real than, than, than Patrick here. I mean, is that right? I mean, I wanted, I, wanted, I, I wanted to go up and squeeze their cheeks to find out, is it really real? Well, in this wax museum, it was on the life of Christ. And so they depicted different scenes of the life of Christ. I think that's what most of it was. But there were two scenes that caught my attention. And one was the crucifixion. And it looked, it looked so real. It looked so real. You could see this, the, the gashes in his legs and on his back and around his body where the Bible talks about that he was distorted such that he didn't even look like a human being. And as I looked at that, it just I was just overwhelmed by the sacrifice that our Lord had done for us. I wish that they did not have kneeling altars there. That reminded me of my previous religion, because we are not to worship any graven images. Is that correct? And so I was taken back by that, and unfortunate that was there. But uh, but I focus on my Lord and, and everything. And, and then they had another room that they had Jesus ascending into heaven. Woo, glory. The same Jesus that you've seen taken up shall, shall so come in like manner as you see him uh, have taken. Why do you stand around? Let's get busy. Amen. We've got a job to do. 
And I'm hoping that maybe we could show some of these pictures. I know oftentimes when we have songs going on that we'll show some pictures to help us to catch the, the reality of, uh, of what Christ has done. Some of you maybe have, have seen different pictures and things like that, but none of us could ever fully imagine the creator of the universe dying on that cross for our sins, the love of God. Amen. And I hope you know him this morning. And if you don't know him, you can know him. It's such a great reality of life is to have a relationship with the Lord. Well, you have been given a documentary this morning, right? Document this morning. A documentary would be, uh, you'll see the documentary. How's that sound? This is a document. Uh, I'm, I, I was a little miffed when I first picked it up because what I gave Cheryl was only one page. Uh, with, well, four pages on one sheet of paper. That's your preacher. Cheryl looked at that and says, you know, we have an aging congregation. We need to put it on two pages. And so she spent an extra penny on each of you. So you can thank Cheryl Jorgen said for the little larger print this morning. Aren't you glad, Bev? We have a secretary that has a heart. <laughs> Amen to that. Not that our previous secretary didn't have a heart. Don't, don't misread what I said, all right? Huh? But I tell you, she's done a good job with this, and you have this. Now, you need to hold on to this, because we're only going to give it out next week to those who do not bring it back, all right? And that might irritate me. No, I'm kidding you. Hold on to it. The reason why we give it to you is because there are so many verses. And what I'm about to go through in this mini-series, which my message that we started in January turned into a mini-series. Now that's turning into another mini-series. Someday we will get back to the life of Christ. All right? I know that God wants us to get there. But I felt it very important for us to finish up our message, we're, we're still under construction. And maybe God's going to use this to help us understand, you know what? Just because we hear parts of a message or just because we're in church or we know something doesn't mean that we've gained ownership of it. And the more we hear it, the more we understand it, the better ownership we can have. And this morning's message is so important. So important. I can't emphasize it enough. Here, under construction, and we've been in our, our theme verse in e Ephesians chapter uh, 2, where uh, it, uh, we've, we've looked at that for the last uh, four uh, uh, messages that I've preached here. Uh, and, and it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that uh, <clears throat> in whom this building that we're building, and again, it's not about the building on 1375 Echoes of Hollow that God is as much concerned about is building our lives. Yes, He is concerned about 1375 Echo Hollow because it's His property, right? And we, Irving, yeah, that's right, Irving, thank you, brother. Ernie, you just correct me every time I make a mistake like that, all right? It's all right. <laughs> Sometimes I get confused. Uh, our folks, uh, the Prayans, you coming from... From uh, from Cottage Grove, I can't imagine heading heading up in the wrong direction. Thirteen seventy five Irving Driver Road. Road, all right. Where the building is, the structure. What are we building? We're building our lives, God's purpose in our lives, God's part in our life, God's plan. This has all been a part of these messages. God's strength. How are we building? It's His work, His effectual working in us. And last 
we or two weeks ago, we or whenever it was, endeavoring that present there and the equipping that was last week and the edifying. We went into the different words of what it means to encourage, to edify, and to exhort, and that uh, that that uh, message that was preached last week and all. And now we get to our third point: is his statement, and this is so important. Why are we building? Why do I want my life to be what God wants it to be? Well, yes, it ought to be because God wants it to be that way. And sometimes in our minds we think, well, if I don't do what God has for me, I'm going to get bonked over the head. Or if I do what God wants me to do, He's going to reward my life. And my friends, those are very elementary uh, concepts. They're true concepts, but they are elementary compared to the fact that we are building our lives for His glory. And this needs to be our purpose, and we need to understand this. If we don't catch this, my friends, we will miss the purpose of why God has left us on this world after He has saved us. He wants us to be the light in this world. 21 years ago, we had our first leadership conference. Now, here in a couple weeks, we'll have our 22nd leadership conference or however many. We've missed a few years, I think, of late and all. But I'll tell you what, God laid it upon our hearts that we needed to develop our leaders. And I remember, I was telling Brother Edwards this this morning, I remember our first diagram in our first lesson in our leadership conference. And that is, why do we do what we do? Why do we watch the nursery? Why do we clean the bathrooms? Why do we preach? Why do we teach? Why do we watch the parking lot? Why do we, why do, we do, why does the choir get up there and sing? And I remember in my simplistic mind, I drew an arrow, kind of a fat arrow that comes to a, a point, And everything we do points to the glory of the Lord. Now, as we understand that and as we grow in that concept, it will help be a motivation in our lives because we do not want to bring shame to his name, right? You think of all that he's done for me. And all that He's done for us, we don't want to bring shame to His name. And so, as we are a work in progress, and as we're bettering our lives, it's so that we can bring Him glory, and it should be our highest motivation. Because we love Him. And so, this brings us now to our outline here. And you'll notice eight pages. Can you imagine all these verses? But I want you to take this, hold on to us, bring it back next week. It starts off with there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I'm sure that oftentimes when we sit down at a meal or things that we do, sometimes uh, 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 that does not catch our attention. Sometimes we are creatures of habit and we just go about our lives doing what we're supposed to be doing and we do things well. And, and, and sometimes we forget that even in the minutest of aspects of our lives, we are to be bringing glory to the Lord, eating and drinking. 
And if anything that I could accomplish this morning is to put on our minds and our hearts that we would ask ourselves, are we bringing glory to the Lord? Now, in my generation of parenting, we would tell people, uh, we'd tell our kids, do it, right? Isn't that right, Beverly? Your daddy being right here, he told, and I'm not in his generation, he's a different generation than I am, but he told you, do it, didn't always explain why, and, and, and you did it every time, absolutely. She did her, she, did you do your best? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. But we didn't always tell why or how. And so often we hear words. And, and I'm sure this word, we are to bring glory to the Lord. I, I'm sure that is not new to anybody here. Right? We know this. But sometimes we don't know the why and sometimes we don't know the how. Well, it's important for us. Well, as you get, we get into this message, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The why and the how. Because those are important aspects of our growth as we understand better things. As, as we grew up, we understood more about that dad knew what he was talking about. Now, as a child, truly, we should not question our parents. We should do what they tell us to do because we're supposed to be obedient. Today, our young people seem to maybe not know, want, even want to follow. Maybe sometimes parents aren't telling them the, reason, the moral reason why of things. And it's important for us today to know the moral reason why because we are living in a moral degenerate society. And so parenting today has, needs another step up. And in my generation was kind of a transition generation. And it's important for us to step up to help our children to understand the moral reason why. Now, just because you don't give it to them, that doesn't mean that children ought not to obey their parents, right? I mean, that's a principle of God's word. They're supposed to obey their parents no matter what. And we'll get into that a little bit, bit later. But we need to understand what are these definitions. And so in the inside now of your outline here, we're going to look at these are the three points. We're going to go into the definition uh, this morning. Next week, we'll look at the display of the glory of the Lord. And probably in three weeks, uh, it'll be the defeat of the glory of the Lord. So let's look at these principles here. Uh, it is so important for us to, uh, to understand this. This definition here is, if we put it down, is, is to bring glory. This word glory means to reflect. To reflect. And it's marvelous as you go into the scriptures, and I would hope that in the multitude of scriptures that we're going to be looking at, you see this amplified in the scriptures. So if I'm going to be reflect or bring glory to the Lord, I need to be reflecting God. But it's not the God of my imagination. It needs to be the God of the book, the Bible. And how important it is, if we're going to bring glory to the Lord, we need to understand what does the Bible say. And so that is the word for glory. Then godly, these words could be interchangeably, of course, but this being like God. Because if I'm going to reflect God, that means I'm going to be like God. So if I'm going to live a godly life, I would be living like God would want me to do. And you think of all the characteristics and the attributes of God. 
Now, let me just say this. I try to pray the attributes of God on a daily basis. And there are attributes there that we need to be reflecting. In the how I respond to situations, am I reflecting an omnipotent God? Am I reflecting an omniscient God? Am I reflecting uh, uh, omnipresent God? Am I reflecting a sovereign God? You know, I think of sometimes the way we respond to things that we don't reflect a sovereign God. We act sometimes as if God has made a mistake. Sometimes we reflect that God is too puny to solve our problems because we worry. Do you think worry is a reflection of God? You see what I'm saying? So, so now, now we're talking about where the rubber meets the road, Mike, where we're getting down to the, the how. And we look at and examine our lives and we need to really be honest with ourselves or else it will never come. Well, we'll be bringing glory to the Lord or we'll be living a godly life. Or what would Jesus do that an acronym? When that first came out, I scratched my head and I says, I sure hope people know what Jesus would do. You've got to know the Bible in order to, to accomplish that. And again, he's not the God of our imagination. He's not the God that uh, we, we uh, try to fabricate. The Bible has principles in there. And the more we get into the principles, the more we're going to be able to practice. It's, it's so marvelous to me that, that uh, uh, oh, I'm getting so far ahead of myself. Uh, there is a concept of the Word of God and who you are. And the more that you get you, the Word of God in the light in your life, the more light you reflect. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to thy word? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's marvelous how God brings that into us, into our lives. So these are the definitions. And then how it is displayed uh, uh, in, our, in our second point here this morning. How it is displayed. It is displayed in uh, creation. It is displayed in creation. Uh, Janie and I, as we are flying home from the uh, funeral service. And by the way, thank you so much for praying for us. I tell you, when we got news that Mrs. Walkinshaw passed away on Tuesday morning, we needed to get our flights and, and uh, to get everything put together and to fly out and to fly back. Thank you for praying. We were able to get good flights. We had to drive up to Portland, but saved $400 in doing so. And we got our flight. And then Missy, she decides to join us. She wanted, because the Walkinshaws adopted our church, basically, as their family, and they became... You know, it's amazing how people in your church, we become family together, don't we? Their kids said, boy, it sounds like you guys out there are more family than we were. But we had 10 years, week after week, together for 10 years. Many families don't have that privilege. And what a privilege it was for us to enjoy so many things. And, and Missy wanted to come, and so she got tickets, and do you know she landed two minutes... After we did, I think it was about two gates away, too. Isn't that wonderful? And she got tickets that she could fly back 40 minutes after we flew out. 
And what a privilege and what a tribute uh, there. To, uh, she came and she brought her flute and she played her flute for the music and she sang a duet with uh, Janie. The song we're going to be singing tonight, May You Be Glorified in Me, that's a new song for our church. They sang that beautifully together. I was going to have her play her flute at the uh, graveside. But you know, it's been a long time since I've been in the Midwest. And I've discovered the sin in Wisconsin. When we woke up on the day of the funeral, it was a negative seven degrees outside. I thought, why would anybody want to live here? Negative seven. We got up the next day and we felt it was warm when it was 11 degrees positive. And, and Melissa says, Dad, I don't think I can play my flute at the gravesite. She says, when I lick my lips, I'm afraid they're going to stick to the, the flute. You just don't think of that. Can you imagine playing your, your thing out there? You know, you're, you'd be glued to it. But as we were coming home from those flights, and I just thank the Lord for that. We are very, oh, God's so good to us. But we got to fly over the Grand Canyon. I think it was the Grand Canyon. It was an awful big ditch down there. So, I, you know, we're six miles up in the air and that thing looked awful big down there. And usually when you fly, you don't always get to see things like that. And we got to see the Grand Canyon and it looked like the painted desert back to the east and, and the mountain peaks. And, and we're, I'm, just, I'm in awe at God's creation. And Romans chapter 1 says that people can see the power of God in creation, right or wrong. You see, creation shows the glory of God. I think we sing a song that uh, some of you might even know. Creation shows the power of God. And you look at the, the things that he's created and you see his power. and You, de- you see the display of his order. And you see the s- display of his beauty and his grandeur. And, and even thinking about the, the universe as, as you discover how vast God's universe is. But there are people who do not want to accept him as God. And there in Romans chapter uh, 1 verse 21, there are your notes, because that when they knew God, they could see God, but they didn't want to glorify him as God. They didn't want to reflect his power. They didn't want to talk about how grandiose he is. This is how wicked evolution is. It is wicked doctrine, right or wrong. By the way, God's design for male and female. Did God know what he was creating? And when he designed that marriage was to be for one man and one woman, who's getting it right? Following God's word, the atrocities of what's going on today in churches And Christians are backing away from the truth. Let me tell you something, my friends. We're supposed to be displaying God's glory in His creation. And it's being thwarted by the postmodern concepts of morality. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not ashamed of what my Bible says because it is true. And God has the best plans. 
And if I love people, I'm going to tell them the truth, right or wrong. Here, because they would not glorify God as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And we see a lot of foolishness going on today as they will not acknowledge God as the creator of the universe. I scratch my head. I don't know about you, but I tell you, it just doesn't make any sense to think that something blew up billions of years ago and we got us. Did you scratch your head too? It makes no sense at all. But yet, you know, Patrick, you're going to a public university and I'm sure they don't even miss a breath as, as they talk about it. As if this is the gospel truth and they've missed the gospel truth. The gospel truth is that Jesus Christ died on the cross. That Jesus who died on the cross was the creator of the universe. So it's displayed... In creation. Then it's displayed in Christ. And again, reflecting God. And I believe that these verses are talking about His humanity. And sometimes people get this mixed up of when God is talking about His humanity and when God is talking about His eternality. You see what I'm saying? And so sometimes people miss the deity of Christ. We need to understand who Jesus Christ is. He is God. He is a part of the Trinity. He's the creator of the universe. There's no mistake about that. And we need to defend who Jesus Christ is. He's not some brother of somebody else. He wasn't finding his beginning when he came and was born of a virgin. Some people don't even believe that. My soul. You study the scriptures. John here, 14 verses 7 through 9. If you have known me, Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is, this is on the night before he's crucified. They had spent three years with him. If you had known me, you should have known my father. I want you to ponder that a little bit. If people know us, should they know our Father as well? He spent three years. He says, and from henceforth ye know Him and have seen Him. <laughs> Philip said unto him, Lord, this is again the night before He was crucified, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Now, this is his 12 elite. Jesus said of him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Now, lest we miss this, he hath seen me, if you've seen me, hath seen the Father. And now sayest thou then, Show us the Father? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The reason why is because He was a reflection of God while He lived here. Turn to Hebrews, if you would. <clears throat> Chapter 1. I did a little study on this. I, I've known this passage and 
and everything. Sometimes we know passages. We don't know always the words that are in these passages. And, and so <clears throat> here in Hebrews chapter 1, and Hebrews really gives us a good look at who Jesus is. It's, the, it's all about the superiority of Christ and his Sabbath and, and uh, his priesthood and uh, his sacrifice and on and on. It talks about the superiority of Christ. Notice verse 1 says, Hebrews 1, verse 1, and you might want to write this on your notes here because there's a few things we'll embellish uh, the Scriptures with this morning that aren't on your notes. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the Father by the prophets. That's how God, I mean, they didn't have the Bible. And so God used the prophets to, to deliver to them the word of God. And many of those were written down and became the, the written word of God. But it says in verse 2, Hath in these last days spoken unto you by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who made the worlds? Jesus. Now, if that's not enough to convince you, in the beginning, what? God created heaven and earth. So is God now calling Jesus Christ God? Yes or no? He is. This is a very important portion of scriptures to understand. Verse 3. Who? Who's the who there? Jesus Christ. Being in the brightness. That word brightness comes from the Greek word, which means reflection. And I believe that this is talking about Jesus here. Now here, he's, he's here. He's, he's created. He's, he's walked amongst us. And the Hebrew uh, writer is telling us under inspiration, who is that reflection of his glory? See, remember the definition of glory? Reflecting God. And the express image. The word express image comes from one Greek word. And I'll pronounce it to you. Character. Now, what does that sound like? Character. You all know Greek now. It's saying that Jesus Christ reflected the character of God. Now, the reason I'm bringing this out is because the glory of uh, uh, God is displayed in creation, his glory. And then the Bible says that God is displayed or the glory of God is displayed when Jesus Christ was here on this world. He displayed the character of God. And so the conclusion, now that Jesus Christ has been taken into heaven, guess who he left to display his glory? Us. And his church. That's what Ephesians is about there. It's talking about we are building a holy habitation for God. It's not in the structures of drywall and things like that. It's in the structure of our lives. We, folks, have been entrusted 
To show this world the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and who God is. And we should not take that lightly. It is not a suggestion. It is a command. Got it? Amen. Okay. What does it look like? All right. Here we see, and my next point is, it's bringing out this character, this image in the church. And we read this verse here in Ephesians 2, 20 through 22. We're built upon this foundation, the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building is fitly framed together, grove unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Do you see why it was so important 21 years ago, we caught the concept that Westside Baptist Church, in everything it does, whether it eats or it drinks or whatever it does, it brings glory to the Lord. And I want to tell you something. Last Sunday's potluck was a good reflection of that. There were people... You folks that were from Alpine, some of them aren't here. I don't know if we fed them too well. Or, or, by the way, uh, I own a fell and broke her what bone? Right femur. Is that in the arm? She broke her right arm. That's what I thought. Humorous. There you go. That's what I, I thought the femur was in. The, in David, you're messing my mind up. <laughs> she would have been able to explain it. Thank you. Dave, David said, man, we, we, we need to be praying. We, and he brought this concern. Whether we got the, I, I knew he showed me it was the arm. We need to be praying for her. By the way, should the church be reflecting to those who are ill the Lord Jesus Christ? Last Sunday's potluck, people helped get food for the folks in our church. Wasn't that right? And they cleaned up and they took care of people. And, and people brought so much food last Sunday that Janie and I got a full plate of scrumptious food. Isn't that wonderful? Usually we don't. Because sometimes we run out of food. You know why? Because we eat too much around here at Westside Baptist Church. And it all looks so good. And my plate was stacked this high, all right? So I entered in. That's probably, that's why we go at the end of the line, because we're trying to lose a little weight around here. And, and uh, it's so good. But, you know, I'm so proud of our church in that they want to reflect God. You know the building that we're building? We want to reflect God in this building, right? Who God is. And our church, in its worship, needs to reflect who God is. We had a man that just got saved, came to our first service, first service after he got saved, got saved, uh, accepted the Lord, I should say, on um, Monday he was here in church, and he, and he came up to me after the service, and he says, you know, I knew that Westside would be like this. He says, when I came in the doors, I was so welcomed, and, and, and it, was, it was just so amazing to be able to come and to discover God here at Westside. 
Well, praise the Lord for that. We, as a church, are supposed to be the light. And in fact, that's a strong warning in the book of Revelation, isn't it? There are seven churches mentioned there. And they are, in, in comparison, he uses a physical analogy to the church. And it is the, the analogy to the candlestick. And he says that if you will not get right and you will not do what's right, I will remove your candlestick. And then all the church does is become a social club. May God help us everything we do, whether we eat or we drink. It needs to consume our minds that did I bring glory to the Lord and it ought to break our hearts if we do not bring glory to the Lord. Oh, God, help us with that. Help us with that. Then the Christian. Notice all these verses that are mentioned under Christians because you see, I'm, yes, I'm very concerned about our church bringing glory to the Lord. I'm going to stand before the Lord someday and give an account of whether Westside Baptist Church brought glory to the Lord. But you know, as a church body, we are a collective body. We need to make sure we are bringing glory to the Lord and keep that in our minds. But now to the Christian. Let your light so shine before men as to all of us. The Lord is giving this on the Sermon on the Mount that ye may see that, that they may see your good works and what? Glorify. Oh, you see, let your what? Light. Jesus Christ in John chapter 1 says he came to light men's heart. He's the light of this world and He came to light our hearts. And we are here now to reflect God and to be a light in this world. They may glorify, reflect your Father, which is in heaven, how I treat people, how I do things. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, What know you not? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify. God, in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My life's not about me. And my friends, if you don't catch it, if I don't catch this, we've missed the whole boat of why God has us here in this world. We, uh, Tuesday night, have the Love of God banquet for the Golden Chosen, 65 and older. On Friday night, we have the Love of uh, I was going to say the love of self banquet. That's not the right one. Uh, the love for others banquet for the uh, young at heart. I'm ex- yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. And that, Lynn, you're in that group, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> young at heart is, uh, what age? 45 to 64. And then the home builders are going to have their banquet. This is all in the bulletin, by the way. And we, I mean, if you fit in these categories, you need to be there. The uh, home builders are going to have their, their time at, uh, at uh, the hole in the wall in Springfield. That's uh, people that uh, uh, are younger than the young at heart. The young at heart are those that are kind of wannabes. You know, we wish we were younger and we're not quite there to retire yet. We're just kind of in limbo, you know. But we started our group and we're, we're looking forward to that, aren't we, Jose? We've entered a new stage in our life. We're getting close. But uh, Tuesday night, they've asked me to speak, and, and I'm going to talk about to love God. What does that mean? How do we, you know, we, we say things just like, Lord, we say these words, but what does it look like? What do, what do I look like? Don't answer that, okay? 
get what I'm saying? He goes on and he says in Proverbs, now catch this, Proverbs 4, 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Did you catch what that said? Listen, let me read it to you one more time. But the path of the just is as the shining light. Here is a comparison. Now, be careful how I say that. This is a comparison to what the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105. In Psalm 119, 105 says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And now Proverbs says that the righteous are to be shining lights on the path. As you and I gain ownership of the Word of God and gain ownership of who God is, we are supposed to be a light on this path, leading people to Jesus Christ. To know that we have been with God. People ought to know that we have a heart for God, that we love God. Goes on these verses and see if you can catch the word that's used over and over again. Arise, shine, for the light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Romans thirteen eleven, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of the sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. Not, I wish I could just go over all those words. It would be good for you to look up those words uh, in the chambering and wantonness. Not in the strife and envying. Uh, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Philippians 2, 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as the lights in the world. 1 Thessalonians 2, 12. That ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto the kingdom and glory. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and the helmet for the helmet, and the hope of salvation. 1 Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should... Show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. This then is the message which ye have heard of Him and declared unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If ye say that you have fellowship with Him and you walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, has cleansed us from sin. It's interesting. First John was written to describe those that are, who are His children. And here he says, listen, if you're one of the children of God, you should be walking in the light. Now, listen, as 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 I started my journey out again, that the light was not as bright. But the closer I get to the Lord in my walk and as I grow up spiritually, I begin to see that light shining brighter and brighter. And I begin to see the the things in my own life that I know do not please God. I liken it to an onion. I love onions. How many like onions here? Good. An onion has layers on it, doesn't it? And what I've discovered in my life, Phil, is God takes a layer of onion and He peels it off. And we shed that layer of onion and say, Wow, I'm glad God showed me that in my life. I'm glad I got rid of that. But then what's next? Another layer. And what I'm discovering is there's a whole bunch of layers. But I'm thankful that God is merciful and gracious. That's who God is. And He doesn't give us the mother load of our entire walk. He takes us on our journey and He shows us step by step. Some of us grow faster than others. Some of us grow slower. Let me say, as you get into the Word of God and as your disciple in those aspects, as we come to church, we grow faster. And God exposes. And I'm glad God exposes. You know, we're living in a world where people say, don't tell me what's wrong in my life. Do you know much of the Bible is written to correct us? The Word of God is inspired. Have you ever read that? I mean, we all know it. First John three sixteen. Uh, uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let us grow. What's the purpose of our life? Bring Him glory. What does that mean? Reflect Him. Now you notice, now this is kind of not a good thing always, but I've given you my outline for next week. And that is, I thought I would get to some of it today, reflecting God in responses as God would. You see, how is God going to be reflected in my life? It's going to be in my responses. And do you notice here, in my attitude? Uh-oh. Right now, some of you are saying, I don't know if I want to come next week. <laughs> we all realize our attitudes, our attire, our ambitions, our attendance, our appetites, our attention, our abilities, our appreciations. And the list could go on, but I ran out of A's, all right? But may we go home understanding whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God, everyone who has been born again. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. 
you've listened well to the message this morning, and I'm sure that most of us this morning uh, understand and have heard about the glory of the Lord. But this morning we're saying and asking ourselves, does my life bring glory to the Lord? We're going to sing, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. But before we do, I want to encourage you. Do you see the light in your soul? Jesus Christ came, and when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, He came into your heart, and He lit your heart, and now you are God's light in this world. And He's forgiven us of all of our sins. Praise God for that. Do you see Jesus Christ there? If not, then, my friends, I want to encourage you. Why not invite Him into your heart to take away the garbage and the filth and the penalty and the power of sin and be born again and become his child to go to heaven yes but while we're still here to reflect him heads are bowed and eyes are closed i would hope that as we start this journey now that god would speak to your heart and speak to my heart and we would examine ourselves and we'd be honest with ourselves Are we reflecting the Lord? And we look into the scriptures to find the scriptural principles of what would Jesus do. Your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This morning, if God's speaking to your heart, that's his spirit. And I don't know what area it might be in that he's saying, you know, there's an area in my life that I need to work on. (laughs) If you only have one area, my friends, that's good if God's emphasizing that one area, but oftentimes I find that he picks on a few more areas. He wants to peel off more of that onion because in the one layer of onion, there's usually a few petals there to peel off. But I'm glad to do that, and you should be as well. We should be honest with ourselves, and we should be honest before the Lord. We want to get down to to reflecting Him. And I hope that will motivate you, that will encourage you. We have a patient God. We have a merciful God. We have a gracious God. He wants to save you. He wants to build your life. He will allow things to come into your life so that you can bring Him greater glory. That'll be our last point in this message. Redounding glory. So as God has spoke, you respond. Father, we thank You for the message. We thank You for what we've heard. Oh, Lord, just to be reminded again, sometimes we have to just take and stop and remind ourselves that life is not about ourselves. If we reflect ourselves, we will do a very poor job of reflecting you. For in the very nature of man is the heart of desperate wickedness. You even told us that in our heart that there's it's deceiving. We need to make sure that we examine our lives and look inside And Lord, it ought to be our motivation that we'll be honest and willing to to just come to that place where we, we yield unto Thee whatever it is that You have for our lives. And we'll praise You for what You've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Have Thine own way, Lord. If You will sing with me. Thou art the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Have Thine own way, Lord.
before we sing the second verse is that we would take time to examine our hearts, yielding, waiting, letting God speak to us. That's why we have an invitation. Lord, what do you want from me? Let him mold us. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Let's sing the next verse. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. And try me, Master, today. Lighter than snow, Lord. Wash me just now. this morning we rejoice i'm glad when god shows me things that i need to correct praise the lord for that i think this church is as well let him have his way if there's other needs that you have please visit with us before you leave and come back tonight as we have a wonderful service planned tonight we also have some folks joining our church dalina and sierra starnes are they here this morning they're not. Mom and Dad is, is Mr. and Mrs. Cox. And uh, they were in our first service this morning. So Dalina is uh, the Cox's daughter. And then Sierra is their granddaughter. And they want to join Westside Baptist Church, become a part of the light here of Westside Baptist. If you're glad for that decision, say amen. amen. Man, and when you do see them, now get a good look at them up there or find them in the... Uh, the, uh, you can find them in a directory and you can even send a letter saying, man, I'm glad to have you on board. Isn't that right? We can do different things like that to welcome people, to encourage people. And we are a light together. Amen to that. Well, there's sign-up sheets and there's announcements in the bulletin. If you want to come to the free leadership conference, we'd like all of our leaders to be there. But it is the information is in the bulletin from 10 to 12:15 on February 21st. The sign-up sheet there in the back. The Golden Chosen Love of God, God Banquet. Um, that's on Tuesday night, 5:30 at Sizzler. The Young at Heart at Izzy's and the uh, the Home Builders. It's all there in the bulletin, and you can read that over. God bless you. We'll see you. Be a good light. We're entering a mission field as we leave.